0: Booze and books may contain boozy language and themes. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Hey guys, it's Lindsay and Kristen again for episode 21. Woo! Yes, we can't believe it either (laughs) because, well, we thought it was like 18. Yeah. Until we looked at Instagram. Where's the time gone? (laughs) <laughs> my co-host is definitely very awake right now mm. i'll slap her for you guys do not worry no oh, i am i promise <laughs> <laughs> so this week we are recapping um this non-fiction book one the first one of this new year it's called yeah. 10 Steps Finding happiness happy p- is it happiness well now i'm questioning things i'm pretty sure it's happy Yes, she is right.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know why. I just think happiness. I should really look at her book post about this. Okay. Oh shoot, um, Lindsay, you do that while I look at this. Mm-hmm. It is Got it. Ten Steps to Finding Happy: A Guide to Permanent Satisfaction. I really should have looked at this before
0: saying anything.
1: Um, it is by Celine. Right? Is that how you say her name?
0: Um, Celine. Celine. Yeah. Uh,
1: Castrovilla, and Lindsay S. Weisner. Yeah. Psych D. Yeah. Doctor. Doctor. We'll go with the doctor, Lindsay Weisner. Um, so, yeah, the, I lost my train of thought from trying to figure out the name of that book. Okay. Um, <laughs> off track. So, yeah, we read the, this is our first nonfiction, and it was, um, definitely, uh, an enlightening book that we both, um, really both loved. And it's, you're looking at me weird. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's not you, it's me. (laughs) It's always you, not me. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's usually me. Anyways, um, yeah, it was our first nonfiction. I think it was, like, well... All of our non so far, we've really loved in this one. Yeah. I know Lindsay really found yes. like, life-changing. I did. I loved it. I can't say it was life-changing, but then again, Yet. I'm not... <laughs> Yet. Yet. we don't know. That's true. Um, but I'm definitely more of a... Not a non-fiction reader, whereas Lindsay... Is I love, more, like, working
0: on myself. So, like, anything that... Can like force me to kind of get out of my own head and like look at w- what I'm doing. Like, it's hard for me to do because I would rather most of the time just watch reality TV and like or read it. and just do nothing or like play games. Like, so it's like forces me to actually like focus on myself for a bit, and I always feel rewarded when I do that. So, yeah, that's why. I, Hmm. I, it's That's like good. a little treat to myself that I don't know I need until I'm done it.
1: Never thought of it yeah. that way. Yeah. Hmm. I might have to reread this book. <laughs> I recommend it. <laughs> um, I recommend reading this book though for sure. And so does Lindsay obviously cause like she loves it even though she's about to yawn again and it's going to make me yawn and then we're just going to be in a yawning no. circle. No more. No more yawning. Well, you started it. Sorry, guys. I just took a moment to freaking you on. Anyways, so this podcast, we are talking about 10 Steps to Find Happy. And we're also talking about wine. And we're also going to mention our Instagram page, podcast, which you can get this month's uh, book. Uh, like the author, what's a little. About it and everything like that. Uh what we're currently reading, what we're not currently reading, alcohol we're drinking, pretty much it's just wine that we're drinking. All the all the things oh. you
0: tune into anyway. <laughs>
1: yeah, just basically just check it out. You yeah. know, booze and books, the podcast. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. let's get on to the wine. Yeah. So we went a little crazy. And by us went well, a little crazy, it's me that went a little crazy and bought four balls of wine. Yeah. <sighs> Lindsay's yawning. Again. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's going. Me... I'm sorry. We're oh Okay. Um, we're apparently not sociopaths. Okay. Um, so this one we are drinking Bliss. It's a vineyard from that's in California. We actually, I don't think we've done a U.S. wine in a couple of episodes. I think the last couple have been Canadian, and like Okanagan. The last one for sure. I think the one before that. It's been a minute. Um, maybe the one before it was like a mixture, so that doesn't count. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the December one doesn't count because it's just a mixture of everything.
0: Yeah, but last month was February. I think January we did a, oh, right. a US one. I think we did like a California yeah. one. But that's okay. It's still Either been way. a minute.
1: Either way. Um, so, yeah. It's called Bliss, a family vineyards. Um, so, Lindsay will start off as usual with the two wines that she's trying. Yes, I will. I'm sorry. Oh, my
0: God. I promise. I don't know what's wrong with me. Okay. All right. So, Bliss It's so delicious. Um, what's going on with it? Let's find out. Shall we? Um... So, a little bit about this Chardonnay. It's well balanced, as they say, uh, with a grape apple nose and hints of butter and vanilla on the palate. They recommend partnering it with seafood chicken or a good friend. So, I've got one of those things, the chicken.
1: I knew you were going to say one of them. <laughs> that was not me. <laughs> I'm
0: just kidding. I've got a good friend. That's all I got all I got it's um we have
1: no food in right now and I'm
0: starving anyway <laughs> we'll see how this turns out um ooh. so it does smell buttery and you know you know I love a good buttery chardonnay um I don't oh, I smell a little bit of the green apple it's very light like very light wine um It's, um, yeah, I would say it's buttery. It's not like, I don't know. It's because it's light, you don't get a lot of the like crispness of it. So I wouldn't, Mm -hmm. so it would definitely taste more buttery because it's not as crisp. Um, I would say really you don't, there's not a lot of flavor to it. Um, (laughs) that doesn't sound fully fantastic. But I like it. Like, it's just really light. Like, it's yeah. a really light Chardonnay. One um, you can get drunk off
1: of without really
0: knowing about Probably. It. It's, like, almost kind of like water. It's not water, though. It's, like, better than water for sure. Um, but just tastes, it, like, has, it's like a light butter on the tongue. That's literally all I can describe it as.
1: Okay, well, you definitely make me want to try that because I want to see what
0: that tastes like. It's, it's I'm a, not being sarcastic. No, okay, <laughs> I wasn't sure. I was like, ah, well, I quite like it. Not my favorite Chardonnay, but it's, like, definitely not my least favorite. Um, Yeah, it's just a really easy drinking Chardonnay. So uh, this is a great example. I think we, I said this about the last one. Um, If you're, like, new to white wines or not the biggest white wine fan, this might be a really good Chardonnay to enjoy.
1: Mm, okay. Yeah. Did you read the description?
0: No, about their okay. uncle or grandfather or whatever. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, I'll give you guys a little split down of that. Um, in the late 1930s, our grandfather Irv Bliss first me- uh, visited Mendocino County and spotted a picturesque ranch among the rolling hills and unspoiled land. Years later, when Herb learned of uh, learned of um Mendocino property for sale. Sorry, I'm probably butchering that hard. He placed a bid sight unseen. As fate would have it, the plot or purchase was originally a four hundred and fifty acre estate that was captivated that had captivated his imma- imagination. Oh my god. <laughs> years before. Seventeen years later we still carry Erv's love for the land through our third generation family farmer farmers. We celebrate Irv's legacy by putting our own bliss into every bottle of wine we produce so hi you can tell it was work day because i butchered that hard. face okay. um so i'm drinking my cab right now and so our bliss cabernet has flavors of blackberry with brambly uh with brambly spice and juice what and a juicy spinach
0: what's brambly i have no fucking clue oh it's
1: b-r-a-m-b-l-y Brambley, right?
0: Brambley, yeah. That's so weird.
1: <laughs> Partner with rib steak or a
0: crackling fire,
1: all of which I fucking love.
0: And i sneeze. oh Sneeze that way. <laughs> I think I'm allergic to Brambley. Well, oh, shit. Yeah. <gasps> <gasps> Sorry, T. Bless you. Thanks.
1: It is very dry in this house, slash our city in general. I
0: don't think that's the reason I'm sneezing, but all right.
1: Um, okay, so let's smell this.
0: Let's. Do I still it. have
1: no freaking clue what Brambly means, but okay,
0: I'll look it up. Bramley spice,
1: well, you can definitely smell spice. I don't know what bramley means, but we'll go with spice for right now. I get a hint of the blackberry, but I smell more of the spicy part to it.
0: literally comes up. What does the wine descriptor brambly mean? Wild blackberry.
1: Seriously?
0: Mm hmm. Used to describe Zinfandels or other red wines, yeah, bramble is a wild, tangled, prickly ba- blackberry bush. It refers to the whole bush as if you were to put your face in it, thorns and all. <laughs> Great.
1: Can you imagine? That sounds doing that? terrible. <laughs> oh, look at that a blackberry bush. Dive your Yeah. Into it.
0: Oh, Bramble.
1: <laughs> Anyways, I, sm- I personally smell a little bit of spice going on. Along with-, oh, with the blackbird. <laughs> I'm not sure about... Maybe it's got the woody smell to it. Yeah. I think it's a very smooth cab. Which is you know, nice. It's actually one of the better, like... We had cab last time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is way fucking better than last time. Like <laughs> last time, I was like I couldn't even drink that. That's bad.
0: Um, <laughs> which people are like,
1: well, you said it was not that bad last time. Yeah.
0: Well, in comparison, guys, this is better. In comparison,
1: this is like so much better. Um, this is not usually a typical cab that I would say I like love and like would, like, smell all day and shit like that. Because, you know, there's some wines you just want to, like, inhale. And I just
0: don't like, know what that is, but... But... Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's actually not... Like, it's pretty good, actually. Like, I really like it. That's nice. It's... Ooh. If you're wanting to, uh, I guess... If you're breaking into the reds and, like, more in, like, the cabs, Syrah, like, the higher, like, more bold area, I would probably... Recommend going with this, mm. like it's an easy in one. Yeah. It's not like a one that I personally like, where it's more in your face. That's for the other Do ones. Do you have
0: another one? Oh yeah,
1: I just brought one. Okay. I'm gonna compare, like or all of them. them. Oh yeah, Where's I have a them? lot. Of them. Oh, and I see it. Yeah, um, yeah, and like for me, it's like pretty. Um, it's a pretty light color, like, it's still dark red, but I'd say it's, like, a really nice deep, deep burgundy with, like, brighter reds around the, uh, area, uh corners. So,
0: yeah. I don't know. Great.
1: You taste more of the blackberry, by the way. I forgot to mention that. You smell more the, like, the spicy, woody blackberry when you smell it you taste more than the actual straight-up blackberry when you yeah. taste it. With a hint of the other stuff with it. But Lindsay just pours of the cab or.
0: Sauvignon Blanc. I did that how many times
1: today already?
0: Okay. Ooh. I hope it's a glass that smells like that. Sorry, no offense to your cup. <laughs> um okay. Uh, I thought you just farted. I, that was my cup moving. <laughs> um there is nothing about this wine on the bottle, so I'm just gonna drink it. Um, ooh. this is like one of the best Sauvignon Blancs I've had recently. Really? Yeah, it's um I
1: did not expect you to say that. I didn't unless. either. <laughs>
0: It your didn't smell so great. I can't smell anything. Like it smells like pee, but I don't think that's the the wine. Sorry, I'm not blaming your glasses. I think it's just like I don't know.
1: honestly. They're metal glasses, so it's kind of hard to tell. Like it could be. Your smells glasses.
0: fine. Oh. Hope it's not my wine. Oh, no, it smells fine now. Um, oh. <laughs> ish. Anyway, oh. white
1: wine sometimes oh. smells.
0: Um. It's, it's tart. It's a little tart, um, but like not crazy. I taste more like citrus in this Sauvignon than I do in the Chardonnay. Um, But it's light still. I don't know. I actually kind of like this sauvignon more than I like the chardonnay which never happens for me um it's just refreshing the only word I can describe it as is crisp and it's just like very like I don't know like hanging
1: out on your patio in the summertime when it's hot out
0: yeah 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 it hits you... you in the back of your tongue too so it's not spicy though it's got no spice to it but it's just like the tartness just like very lightly Hits you on the back of your tongue. I don't know. I really like Lightly it. Lightly hits. It's just like really. <laughs> it's like a little slap. Um, it's I, That's literally all I can describe it as. It's like crisp. It's citrusy. It's light. It's delicious. I got nothing else to work on. Like maybe some apple. That's what I smell. Or not smell. I can't. Like honestly what I smell is not wine. But um, what I taste is
1: all right moving on so this is
0: really good so
1: (laughs) this other bread that i got is the pinot noir so it says has depth and richness with a touch of oaky spice partner with your favorite fair far fair
0: f-a-r-e fair fair yeah sounds weird bit of it yeah and like what kind of fair
1: okay i can't tell it's my glass or not but it's
0: I can't really smell
1: it. These are so good. I love I don't them. think it smells oaky. Um, but it's kind of hard to tell in this glass, maybe. Like, we're drinking out of, like, nice, like, metal ones that people, you know, take places. And they're really popular right now. We're drinking the other ones out of actual wine glasses, so.
0: Yeah. It's crazy how it that completely be- changes the, the aroma of it yeah. when you, like, drink it in not an actual wine glass.
1: So that might be a lesson to people if you actually want to, like, taste and smell the wine. Yeah. I think it's more smell the wine, yeah. maybe <laughs> don't do what don't we did. Don't do that. So this is a lesson learned. Don't do but, it. So I can't, like, it really, I can't smell anything with this. So That's Let me fair. taste it. I don't like
0: Pinot Noir though. Yeah, I was just going to say.
1: So, I'm not a huge fan (laughs) of Pinots. When I was in New Zealand last year about this time, well, just like over a year ago, like New Zealand's known for their Pinots. I actually had some fantastic Pinots down there. This is not one of them. Uh oh. But I don't hate it. Okay. But it is very. It's it's like a typical Pinot. Like if you don't really like red wine, I would recommend it.
0: Oh okay, it's like it, it's term. very,
1: very, very light to me. Anyways, it might not be too. which you'll taste it in a bit. But yeah, let me have another taste. <laughs> you kind of get the oaky taste. Very, you know how some wines taste a little dry on your once you yep. like drink it, Yep. It's kind of got that dryness, that's fair, yeah, yeah. Um, which I guess is not super shocking, but it's not like super dry, where like some wines are like, or
0: yeah,
1: just, like give me like, I mean, like it, it's a little bit, it's like a hint of it, yeah. And you can kind of get the oaky part to it when you're tasting it, yeah. I think that kind of brings in the dryness a little bit, um, but. Maybe a little... There's not really any spice, actually, to it. I don't taste any fruits or anything in it. No? No. But there's sometimes a phrase that people use with pinots about tasting, like, watered-down wine. Boo. This, to me, tastes borderline like that. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) But honestly, it's not that bad. I thought it was going to be way worse. So, you know, if someone had this at their house and I didn't have anything, like, and I was like, ooh, wine, I'd fucking drink the entire bottle. Do you think you would
0: drink any bottle? I would also. I'm not just saying. Are you telling? So if you were at someone's house and they're like, I only have this bottle of white wine and you had nothing besides that or water, what do you choose?
1: The wine because we have that situation in your house
0: <laughs> yeah so i was just like yeah
1: but if they're like you can have this entire mm. ball of red wine by yourself i would totally like drink it
0: okay 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 so yes. i mean you're gonna know which one is which do you remember which one is in which one yeah <laughs> shoot <laughs> uh me too <laughs> i
1: was like we just did this
0: i know but i just wanted you to guess
1: Next time we'll blindfold each other and we'll put like, them in the
0: same glass. Yeah, but then we'll I'll have to remember which one's which. That's true. Maybe I'm gonna start with the Pinot on this one. Hmm. I really like this. Kate, you drink one. Okay, Oh. because I don't one. love red wine. Like I do, but I really like lighter red wines. So this Pinot that is, is pretty much light. Airy. Right? Yeah.
1: Okay, I'm trying a Chard,
0: mm. which it's a little tart. Not the shard, the peanut.
1: I I get the butter. <laughs> that's
0: pretty much it.
1: But I also like the back of my tongue, like how you were saying yeah. with the other one. You have
0: it with the chardonnay. I
1: get the like like the apple.
0: Oh, that's butter. cool. That's cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, the front of my tongue gets, like, the, the more butter. the smooth buttery. Yeah. And then, like, lines it for, like, the I wonder like if apple. you'll feel that
0: with the Sauvignon. Because that's pretty much what I felt with the Sauvignon. Not buttery, though. It's just, like, light.
1: I do have to say, though, that's pretty good shard. Yeah. Um, For, like, cheaper whites,
0: that's actually pretty good. Oh, we haven't... I don't even know how much this is. Don't tell me yet. I want to finish all the wine.
1: But I just but mean by cheaper reds, like...
0: Less than, like, eight. <laughs> Like don't less tell than me. 30. I don't wanna know. How about Hold on thirty. Okay. Okay, I'm trying the cab. I find the cab lighter than the Pinot. Really? Yeah. Dang. It's really good. It's really smooth cab. I really like it. I like the cab more than the Pinot. It's very smooth.
1: Oh yeah, that's way more lighter. When you do back to back, yeah, it's weird though.
0: It's weird. I really like the cab though. Very good. Very good.
1: Yeah, you can. There's just something about the Pinot that's like. I I think it is the oaky part. Yeah, that's like hitting you. I need to. But that is a little bit more drier though. Do you not taste that?
0: It is. It's spicier too. A little bit, a little bit spicier. Is this the one that had the spice in it? No, this was, well,
1: this had Bramley spice. And this um, is oaky
0: spice. Yeah. Br- all right, this is a Bramley. <laughs> Sorry. I gotta go in with that thought.
1: <laughs> sticking your head into a blackberry bush. Thorns Yep, it all.
0: yep, exactly. Like sticking your head into a blackberry bush for sure. They're both really good though. Holy cow. I know.
1: Okay, hey, that the ballpark with this one, people. Well, I haven't tried this out. I'm
0: actually, like, these are ones I would buy. I'm excited to see how much they were. Kristen shelled it out this time, so.
1: I got the tartness. I
0: need to try these. Again.
1: But it doesn't hit the back of my tongue. But same way?
0: That's no, so weird.
1: I feel like it's, like, all over my mouth. Like, all over my tongue. But, like, I do get the citrus notes that you are saying. That you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. But I I I can't tell which one I like better. Can you pass me those? Yeah.
0: Ones? They're, like, all, like, close to each other in the color family. I like the Cab better than the Pinot, in this case.
1: I think I like the Chardonnay more than the Savion Blanc. Which, normally, I would go for the Sav.
0: Yeah, you would.
1: Like, we had a very, very good which one is Austrian the one. Um, on the weekend, and it was delicious. Like, a like Savignon Blanc? Yeah? We had an Austrian Austrian one, and it's one that, it's like a hooploff. Um, it's mm-hmm. one that we get from, like, our opimium wine uh, books, and that tasted fantastic. Like, I loved it, but, like, this is paling in comparison to it, so It's not even hitting it. So, okay. I actually really like the shard, and I'm not... Usually between the two, I'd go for yeah. the Cab or the Sauvignon Blanc.
0: I like... Mm,
1: it tastes more of the apple and the salve than I do with the Chardonnay.
0: Shoot. I keep going back and forth. I think I like the Cab more, though.
1: She's just going
0: to get drunk. I'm off. just mixing them. <laughs> like, just one. You like the salve?
1: Yeah. No, I like the Chardonnay. Honestly, good. I really like
0: all of them. Like, I would first... Sure, I'm going to buy this going forward. All right.
1: How much? I got the receipt,
0: actually. She got the here. receipts, guys. So, got the receipts.
1: Excuse the, like, thing. Okay. Let's put it this way. Lindsay, how much do you think they cost? Well,
0: now I'm worried. Yeah, that's a good question. This is a fun game. We're going to add this to our segments now. Yeah.
1: Um, how much do you know?
0: I think they are... Honestly, honestly, I thought they were going to be 28. I would say, I'll give you a range because sometimes I know they're always different. I thought between 27 to 32. (laughs) Sorry, what? That's literally.
1: I didn't hear what you said. I was laughing at the receipt.
0: 27
1: to 30. All right, drum roll. Three of them were $20.50. And one was twenty five fifty.
0: Whoa. Okay, let's guess what the twenty five was. Um, for sure, one of the reds. Am I right? Maybe. No, just say a, yes. Okay. Uh, the Pinot.
1: Yeah.
0: Ah. That's
1: why I started laughing because I thought it was a cab when I was
0: there. The only reason is because what I found is always, and I don't, and I know there's a reason why the bottles are shaped this way for the type of wine, but I always find that bottles that are shaped more rounded, less like. Boxy, if that makes sense, like harsh, um, are the more expensive ones. Hmm. But I know it's, I know it's done for a reason.
1: So also to note, so for Lindsay's Chardonnay, because obviously she's going to be drinking the whites, she might try some of my breads From looks, honestly,
0: I would drink any of them. Uh, twenty dollars. I'm actually kind of shocked. I know. I thought they would be higher, but like for twenty. I, like, since we started this podcast, I used to drink, like, cheap wine. Not cheap, but, like, I wouldn't spend... I, like, $15 was, like, a good medium. But now, you, but you drink, I'm like, spending... red
1: or white wine. So, yes. Too, right? so yes. That also helps. Yes,
0: that's true. Um, but, like, I used to drink, like, 15... 13 to 15. Um, and then we started the podcast, and then I, like, realized what actually, like, better wine tasted like. Um... And then I would stick around the $20 range. And then anything that was 20, 25 to 30, nah, let's say 28, 27 to 30 was like, woohoo, uh, big spender. Um, but like, I would actually for sure get this wine again and yeah. drink it just any day.
1: Yeah. I would, honestly, I probably would get at least the Cab, maybe the Pinot. But usually if I'm if i'm buying my own wine there's a cab option i'm most likely gonna get that
0: (laughs) like i think this is gonna be my new go-to not but bread and butter for the shard i still so still bread and butter for the shard is my go-to but i just mean like if like bread and Mm -hmm. butter isn't everywhere um so if i'm the
1: white is at costco
0: but if i I was if it wasn't available this would be my next one and I probably, I wasn't, I haven't had a Sauvignon Blanc for a really long time that I've bought on my own. So I would probably buy this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like when, um, yeah. So when I was buying the Chardonnay, so they had, and I was telling you this before when I was opening the bottles, they had a twist top. Oh yeah. 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 And it was the same price,
0: but it was, but it was a year newer. old,
1: like it was a older was bottle by a year. Oh,
0: it was older. Okay, so okay, okay. this
1: one's twenty oh, sixteen. 2016, the other one was 2017, Um, and it had, like, the red cap and twist off, like, the sap. Yeah. And
0: these three were the burgundy
1: purple tops. I
0: just realized they're all 2016 except for the Sauvignon Blanc, and the Sauvignon Blanc is the only one that doesn't have a description on the back of what the the taste is.
1: Yeah. Interesting. I I thought this
0: would have been an older one. Yeah but i that. think
1: this chardonnay if i bought the other one the yeah. like 2017 one i don't know if it would have had the description because it was the same no bottle, that's what i mean i don't it's think it's the same
0: bottle as same shape too. everything
1: interesting yeah. and it was also 20 50 so it was only the pinot that was more interesting and usually, to me, when you look at wine on the shelf, if a cab and a Pinot are there, it's usually the cab that's more expensive.
0: Are you sure, though?
1: The ones that I Oh, see. no, you're
0: right. Sorry. Yes. Um, I think that's where my thought process was. In my mind, I was like, cabs are usually more expensive. But for some reason, the shape of the bottle. Yeah. I don't know why. The shape of the bottle is all like, yeah. when, it's a li- when it's not as, like, cut, I guess. Like, on the... Like when it's not as bottle shaped, yeah, uh, it's always more expensive.
1: I kind of also wonder if it's because it's a 2016 Pinot 2 out of California. Yeah,
0: true, that's true.
1: Cause that we're 2020. Was so it a good like, year? Fuck.
0: <laughs> but it wasn't good year. But I just kind
1: of yeah, wonder if that's kind of like one of the other factors. But honestly, who fucking knows? But it was only four bottles of this, and we've. Like, I've seen it when I've been there before. And also, for anyone that shops at Griffith Liquor, they switch things around. Because I, would, like, busted in there to look at the Italian ones and it was, like, all <laughs> German. <laughs> Ready. And <laughs> I was like, this is not how Should it's going even... set
0: up. She so. even not give me any Italian options? No, because I didn't even <laughs> make it down that aisle.
1: I didn't know where it went. I know
0: we're terrible, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So,
1: yeah, until we get another title that works with... The Italian ones are just so hard because they're, like, not free-flowing titles. Well, I know. I know, I know. So I think you guys are possibly never going to hear us drink
0: Italian wine. But if you have suggestions, we'll make it work. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah. At one time.
0: I do love me some really good Argentinian Mm -hmm. uh, Malbec. Malbec. Malbec is my jam. That is my go-to red for sure. Mall bags like fucking for sure.
1: But yeah. I definitely go more expensive on the red ones unless I'm at Costco. And then you know, oh, you can get these expensive. So refreshing. For like these whites are
0: refreshing. Yeah.
1: But yeah. So I guess we'll move on to the books. Section. Let's do
0: it guys. Some exciting stuff is coming through. We have joining us today one of the co-authors of 10 Steps to Finding Happy, our book that we're reading this month, uh, we have Dr. Lindsay Weisner. So a little bit about Lindsay, she is a clinical psychologist from Long Island, New York. Uh, she graduated from Georgetown University in 1999 and was awarded a fellowship in child development at the NIH nichd She received her doctorate from CW Post, LIU and went on to pursue postdoctorate training at the American Institute of Psychoanalysis. Dr. Wisner is the current host of the Neurotic Nourishment Podcast and the co-author of the upcoming book, 10 Steps to Finding Happy, which will be released today, March 20th, 2020, which is in accordance with the UN International Day of Happiness. You can find her on Instagram at psychshrinkmom or on YouTube at Dr. Lindsay Callen Wisner. And you can find her on iTunes on the Neurotic Nourishment Podcast. Check it out, guys. Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, so I thought we'd kind of start off uh, the segment just telling us a little bit more about yourself and how this book that you co-wrote with Celine uh, came to be.
2: Sure. Um, so... Uh... It's, by the way, it's Selene. She'll kill me if I don't fault. Oh, sorry. If I don't, no, no it's fine because who the fuck would have thought that it would have been, oops, already dropped the F-bomb. Um, who would have thought that would have been? <laughs> Again, so, um, right. I have actually never, so I am a psychologist. Um I am currently specializing in suicidal teens. It was an accident. I never thought that I would do this, but I am. And I've actually never read a self-help book um particularly not the secret because i got all pissy that everyone was all (laughs) vision boarding so i refused to read it because i don't know that's that that is literally like the most rebel that i get but um uh i'm in 2014 i won the cosmopolitan magazine first ever fiction contest and last ever because i must have broken it um so i found an agent i found a writing community my agent only works with fiction, though, and I, again, was not interested in writing nonfiction, and two summers ago, I threw out my back attempting to surf because I was turning 40, yeah. and thought, yeah, I thought I should learn to surf at 40, why not, and it didn't work, and um, Selene sent mm-hmm. me over this manuscript and asked me for some feedback on it, and I was pretty high on painkillers and was like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> this is fantastic, and it you know, but do you want a co author because I have been dreaming of um seeing my name on a book cover since I was seven, and she agreed, and I realized that all of her thoughts could be backed up by science uh like science research et cetera, and i am a a research geek, so uh I don't like doing the research, I just like the um I like when the news reports like some amazing connection between things that you can't imagine. And I'm like, no, they're they're doing it wrong. And I get to pick that apart and explain why they're actually, you know, like uh, people that um, the, why the flu shot prevents dying of a heart attack. Well, that's not it. It's that people that get the flu shot, get it from a doctor. So they see doctors more. And, right. um I, I so they're less I, I don't know I guess they're more likely to you know keep away a heart attack so um <laughs> right so that's my genius. I'm sorry but um no that's great <laughs> love it this is the way my brain works so um anyway so I looked into the steps I backed it up with um some science not too much we didn't want to make it too tough to read um and uh and then I Also recruited 24 expert writers to talk about, either to elaborate on our points or to talk about how they find happiness in their lives. And um, it's pretty good because I feel like these are 10 solid things you can do every day. Uh, Not every day, I'm sorry, because that's exhausting. But, you know, they're actual, (laughs) like we had this big thing about they're called concrete actions. And like, I wanted something yes. different and prettier and like, we couldn't come up with anything <laughs> like that. Cause that's just what they are. They're concrete actions that you can do today, you know? Um Right. And that is how I fell into this book.
0: <laughs> no, that's amazing. And, and kind of touched on the concrete actions and those were something I think stood out for me anyway. I don't know, Kristen, if you kind of felt the same way, but, they were, some of them were already things I found myself doing. Um, some of that would be like listening to music and meditating while others were things I had never really thought to do, I, I think. And, and things that really stood out to me. Like what? Um, Can I ask? And, um, so some of it was like, uh, I'm just trying, sorry to think of a couple of the different ones, but like, oh, one that really jumped out at me was Smiling. Um, Yeah. While it might be something I do, it was kind of cool just to think that, like, maybe something you're doing already every day has an impression on how you're feeling. And you talked about, like, uh, the difference between a uh, Duchenne smile and then, um, like, maybe faking a smile, let's say. But even if you're faking a smile, it's still producing a happy feeling inside of you. And that kind of just little things like, like smiling or finding the bright side in different things, um, or just things you don't really think about as being an everyday concrete action right. that can really help improve your mood. So, yeah. So
2: I'm. Um, um. It's interesting. So um, I'm. I'm less into putting a positive spin on things because, uh, because I work with suicidal teens, and that that's shitty advice. But um, mm-hmm. the thing. The thing about the Duchenne smile that I wanted to go into and lost my. Um, it was really, t- uh, so Duchenne is actually, um, there's a certain type of muscular dystrophy and Duchenne is associated with, with that. And I only, muscular dystrophy or multiple sclerosis. Now I'm blanking, but I'm mus- muscular, dystrophy, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I only know this because I have a cousin who, um, who had this and then eventually passed away from complications, but lived much longer than he should have, which is, which means like, there's no, there's no need for the, you know. Um, oh, like he was, he outlived by like 10, 15 years with the average life expectancy. Oh, wow. Yes. And so I, that's, I re- that's amazing. It really is. And, um, Duchenne, like, it, you know, he was an actual researcher, scientist, not just interested in the smile, but the idea being like, can we force our body to do things that no longer come naturally to our body? As in with muscular dystrophy when your muscles literally atrophy, and the synapses and all that stuff right don't function, so I was really interested in that, and then I ran out of the speed slash energy to um convey how important that was, but it's you know it is sort of teaching yourself to smile, yes, you will feel it more, and also um I think you will get a more positive reaction from others when you smile yeah so um Mm -hmm. so I'm glad that was one that hit you
0: oh of course and then like other other I like the singing singing. one
2: the singing yeah Yeah, I like the singing one a lot oh do you
0: like that (laughs) even though I don't do karaoke
2: (laughs) um I will I do karaoke in my car I will do karaoke if I've had enough alcohol um my daughter (laughs) you know my daughter (laughs) sings in the shower she's actually an excellent singer if you ever um if you ever listen to my podcast, a uh, neurotic nourishment podcast, it's like, listen to the first three minutes of it because she does my, um well, for a little while, like she does my intros or my like anchor ads or whatever. <laughs> like I make her do it and oh, yeah. sing because who wants to listen to my voice doing that stuff. But it's really, <laughs> it's really a joy to hear her. Sounds going to sound like a creepy pedophile thing, but it's really a joy to hear her take a shower and like, <laughs> listen to this, I guess it's the reverb of like, you know, her voice and the, it's uh, it's beautiful. And she she and my son inevitably leave um, in a better mood than when they came in. And I think it's because they both enjoy right. the singing aspect of taking a shower, which I'd like to imagine every family does. But maybe mine is just weird. So.
0: <laughs> no, no, I think all of us can can agree with that, actually. Yeah. good. <laughs> I listen to music in the shower and then sing along with it. That
2: you do, That's called karaoke. Literally. That is, is it, literally yeah. the, the definition of karaoke. No one else is around, though. Um, still kind
1: of the definition. Not the public uh, nope, one. still the
2: definition. Yeah, that's karaoke. You do karaoke. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then I do karaoke all yes, the time. Yes, you do, and you're I good do at it. In the car all the time.
0: <laughs> Damn right, <laughs> I am. Um, Did you find, Lindsay, that any of these concrete actions stood out for you specifically or were they all like, do you find all of them to be very important to, uh, to finding, uh, like to finding happy for each person?
2: Um, Obviously it depends on the person. If your question is for me personally, the, you know, one of the things that this book, um, brought up in a discussion so I used to have a co-host on my podcast and then she fled the scene, but, um, a very good friend of mine. And she and I ended up getting into, she's also, uh, one of the expert writers. She's the nutritionist, uh, Sharon Sapir. Yeah. She's oh, fantastic. Cool. Follow her at Sapir Nutrition, even though she abandoned me. But, um, she, <laughs> <laughs> but she, uh, she pointed out, like, how do we define happen happiness? And, um, right. One of the things that I do. We started doing, and now I forget because I don't have her to remind me, but whenever I have a guest on my show, I ask them what their definition of happiness is. Uh, At this point, I think I remember 75% of the time. I did not this morning. God damn it. But um, she, (laughs) you know, it's an interesting, I I don't get the feeling you two ladies have kids. No, No, no. neither of us (laughs) do. Use protection. That's my advice. Um,
0: (laughs) It's. Tonight after
2: this, I have to go to the high school to watch all the all the schools in our community compete, like the teachers compete in volleyball, which is actually as adorable as it sounds, oh, yeah. but um, that's it cool. is, but like it's exhausting.
1: I find that interesting. It
2: is. It's exhausting. It's all of the above. We're supposed to wear like different colors. I'm probably going to like tape a red pillow to my head because that's all I've got time for right now. Um but uh you know <laughs> it's one I don't even remember how I got sidetracked with the children discussion but one of the things that um that Sharon speaks about and also that really resonated with me. Well resonates with me now um cuz the bulk of the book was written like a year ago and it, it, you know it is the it's in psychology there's a marshmallow test where like you put a marshmallow in front of a kid and say if you can wait five minutes before um eating this, I'll give you two marshmallows to eat. And they like, they increase right. the time or they, whatever. And then inevitably the instructor gets called out of the room and that's like the real test. So um publishing a book is in fact, the epitome of a marshmallow test because like, by the time it's done, you didn't even want the fucking marshmallow. Like I, I, I turned to my husband last night. I was like, did you see the sweet dedication I did to you in the front of the book? He's like, you read it to me. I was like, I did. Like, shit. How much have I been drinking that I don't remember? And he goes, Yeah, when you wrote it, I was like, that doesn't count. That was a year and a half ago. Like, new credit, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, but in that time, I have become the you know, um, the go-to for suicidal teens in our area because there have been a lot of, unfortunately, successful suicides, and um, oh. so, I it sort of it um it stirred something in me because of my work and also because i grew up with a parent who um continues to attempt to this day but she just sucks at it so she's still alive despite her best intentions and um this really uh stirred something up in me so i have found my passion and purpose in using the book release we have this big party i'm sad you guys aren't close enough to come but um
0: Oh, I know. That I know. It's,
2: it's going to be great. It's Wednesday, March 18th, um, seven to nine PM at our, um, it's called the Cradle of Aviation Me- Museum. It's essentially like an air and space museum. And, and yes, oh, and I have people cool. donating raffle stuff. And earlier today, this big, um, mixed martial arts dude who's amazing, Connor McGregor, uh, donated yeah, a Ooh. pair of signed gloves for us to auction off. Um, not auction. I'm like Amazing. raffling, like basically if you come in and you buy a book, you get 10 raffle tickets. If you come in and you don't buy a book, you get three because everyone should have the chance to leave happier. And so I'm, you know, I'm using this cheesy concept as a way to, um, promote, uh, teen suicide prevention awareness. And this has become my passion and purpose. And, I think I've slept like four hours a night on average in the last six months, and it's going to be less in the next 20 days because I'm constantly, you know, oh, but, yeah. um, but I feel much, I feel happier than I have in a while because this does feel like my passion and my purpose. So that was the one that connected with me the most.
0: So much sense. Uh I think just as a person who's kind of, I don't want to say stuck, but what i'm doing in life isn't necessarily maybe my my what i feel is my passion and purpose uh that part of the book really also stood out to me and just kind of really got me thinking about less there is a point in there where i think and i can't remember where exactly but someone mentions it don't worry i'm not judging you writers. i can't remember it either um, it was two
2: years ago like i went. To- an interview where they asked me to go through all of them and they hadn't told me before and I was like fuck if I know I can't name all these
1: there is quite a few actually like
2: I I got like three okay so
0: yeah um but tell me what it was that struck you because I'm very curious basically they said um how money doesn't necessarily buy happiness and I think a lot of people think that being successful and, and making lots of money and what they're doing is the key to making them happy. And it took me a really long time to realize that that isn't necessarily where my happiness lies is in money. Um, it's more, I, I want to be doing something every single day that it is something that I feel like you said, brings you purpose and, and you're passionate about and yeah. is fulfilling. And How old are you both? Can I ask? Pretty. I'm 30. Kristen is 28. I'm almost. 29. Oh no! I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm
2: sorry. But,
0: point.
2: Uh, go, I'm, I'm hesitant to call
0: her. Fine. She just
2: got engaged. I'll call her a woman. But she's like 22, and so she's much smarter than we all were at that age. But um, it's a really. It's a. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's a good point. And she views life differently. Um, probably because she's from a small town in. I don't know. I want to say Rhode Island, but I maybe um but but it's a good point. I mean, you know, but here's my question so if you're not enjoying what you're doing now, what's keeping you there?
0: I think that was a really big part of kind of reading this was it it forced me to a- or answer a lot of hard questions and and there's uh like I, I think it is specifically the passion and purpose um, aspect of the book, but it really just kind of forced me to be a little bit more introspective to my life um so that is a great question <laughs> I think honestly it from what I've thought of as i read the book um I think it's fear and I think there is a part too where it's like uh talking about being afraid to fail and that it's okay to fail and it should be expected that you fail but it's all about picking yourself back up and so I think that was like a big aha moment for me and I I realized wow, I, I'm scared to fail. I'm scared to, to, and maybe part of it is like scared to actually get up and do it and actually like make a change because I, I guess maybe I'm s- stuck in this place that I'm at in my life, just going with the flow and I'm just scared. To- the next yeah. book I want to write. And
2: one of the reason I'm um, fighting so hard for this is because I really want to find um our book was published by it was essentially self published it was really my uh Selene owns a or like started a um a publishing company a few years ago I have no idea why she did that I'm I'm assuming there was some logic or reason behind it but to me it just sounds like a hassle because <laughs> this is all a hassle but so she published our book and she's very into Trying to disguise us as being like big time fancy pants. And I'm very into like, this is a small grassroots movement. It is me. That is it. Um, and so I am trying to climb this enormous. I'm literally, I imagine it like rock climbing. I'm trying to get enough traction or enough leverage so that my next book that I've already started is, um, I can find like a real, a real company. Shh, don't tell Celine. She doesn't listen to podcasts. It doesn't matter. Um, but like, so I can find, you know, like a real, I want someone else to be breaking their hands, um, self addressing envelopes to, you know, a thousand people all over the world, because my next book is about, it's about suicide and it's for teens and their parents. And, um, that's the one that I want to make a difference with, you know, um, but I'm also pleasantly surprised by what you've said, because my. Um, so I have a nine and an 11 year old, and I live in a town that is small enough that, um, if I, like, when the kids were younger, I had called in a prescription and the pharmacist called me back to tell me not to take the kids out in the rain because the prescription wasn't ready. Like, that's a small town to me. So, you know, like, um, like everyone sort of kind of knows each other or you're like two steps, um, you know, removed and, I we spend a lot of time at the library because I am a huge reader and super dork. And um when we moved into our new house in I think November, the the first thing I unpacked was the books and created like a book nook. It's like a little loft and they're all alphabetical and no one is allowed to touch that shit besides me. So um unfortunately <laughs> we don't return. Yeah, right. I'll 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 send you pictures later. Unfortunately, we don't return shit. So, we also I'm pretty sure we're paying the um like the rent for the library or whatever. But uh we've gotten very close with one of the librarians there and she is also the one who gets appointed to show up to PTA meetings uh once a month. And because I'm a schmuck and, and I have one of my children that is more difficult that I need to be present for, I Um, I know her, you know, I, I go to all these PTA meetings and I'm on all this nonsense committees and, um, none of them are coming to my book launch, by the way, not that I'm bitter, but, uh, I appreciate the boo, but so (laughs) she had said that she would (laughs) read the book and write a good reads review because apparently the more good, like the more reviews you have, the more something, something publicity, I try not to pay attention, but I ran into her last month at the, um, Elementary school PTA meeting. And she, like, she confided in me that actually she had stopped reading the book, like, pretty much at that point of like where she started to feel that fear and stuckness and gave it some real thought. Apparently, like, we've never spoken this intimately as we did at this PTA meeting, you know, for the three minutes before it started over stale cookies and, you know, lukewarm coffee. Um, But she said that, you know, she actually has been living with her parents and. I think she's probably around your age, I have no idea, but, um, you know, she uh, she gave it some real thought and realized that she had to take her happiness into consideration and her. She's been um, living with her parents and paying rent that essentially allows them to stay in this house and keep their mortgage and. She read the book and and this seems unbelievable to me because I did not think it was that deep of a book, but it really made her think about where she prioritizes her happiness. And so she um, basically she told her parents she, like she def- she hasn't finished the book yet, to the best of my knowledge. But as of a month ago, she sat her parents down and told her that she needs to move out and get a place of her own. And that's what she's doing. So um, like that's the best endorsement I could ever hear that this book is actually making someone think, you know
0: have a bachelor's degree that I really Um, never used. And then it was always, always kind of like, do I go back to school? Do I look at something else? And I think I've like, I've, there was a time where I explored being a lawyer and I wrote the LSAT and there was a time I explored going back and getting my master's. And there was a time that I explored just looking for any type of different job. And, and honestly, I think when it comes down to it, like there was also a part, that it was like envision and it was part of like it was part of a, one of the concrete actions and it was a list that you guys had written um and one of them was like envision how you see yourself like where how you see yourself happy and for me envisioning myself i i see myself being happy in being my own boss starting my own company and specifically around wedding planning and it's just about it is it's lead. also about putting forth <laughs>
2: the first steps I guess I mean I don't you know like I yes. I actually spoke to this woman this morning that was amazing um she is right now under the uh Instagram handle kitty talks kitty underscore talks but Um, she does this thing called the Dharma life. And the whole thing is basically like, you have to envision greater, it's sort of culty. I told her that, but it's fine. You have to like envision like greater success for yourself. (laughs) And, um, according to the cult, it comes, but like she had a bunch of really good points and, you know, um, it's tough to leave something that's stable, but what can you do right now to get you closer to that would be my non cult like um thought process,
0: which is so true, and I think uh again, in the book, something I took away was make a list of or like a plan of little steps you can take, and every time you're basically checking one of those steps like it doesn't feel like it has to yeah. be all or nothing right now. it's more what can I do over the course of six months in small increments to get me to where I want to be so there's been a lot of takeaways i like personally. That I'm already really excited to bring in. I'm so excited.
2: Um, the truth is, I didn't envision this to be life changing for anyone. I, (laughs) um, I wondered if I was just high on pain meds when I asked her if I could join. But, um, I do think like there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of flesh there. You just have to get over the fact that it's technically labeled a self help book.
0: And even then, like I'm always looking to better my life, but there was just a lot that I could really like really apply to me right now. And so that was just like, it, I don't think I've gone through, I don't, I don't think I've gone through a nonfiction book so quickly in a really long time and been able to tie it back to what I'm personally experiencing. So for me, like it was, it was very captivating. And, and
2: Uh, this is, I'm really happy to hear this. This is like the highlight of my, um, my day. Um, because I, you know, you, you write something and you put it out in the world and the truth is it's sort of like cooking. What you start with looks nothing like what you end with. Uh, and so it's tough to know what you've done and how, how you've done it. And so if, if you gain something from reading this, it really makes me feel very, um, happy. My whole thing with this, you know, hashtag 10 steps and the stigma is like, if I can reach one person, You know, if I can make one child slash teen feel less alone, I've made a difference. The same applies for this book. I just um, I'm really pleasantly surprised by by your response and by the fact that this is the second time I'm hearing it. So apparently that's a really good part of the book that I should reread when I get time.
0: I know this is a passion project for you. And I know uh, I love what you're doing around ending the stigma, especially with um, you working with suicidal teens and really trying to start the conversation a bit more. And it must be really cool to know that you're making an impact on that, but also like anyone of all ages, I can see totally taking something away from this book, uh, and even regardless of where they are in their life, because there's been so many points where I something jumped out at me that I was experiencing years ago, or something that has jumped out at me being um, in a, a newlywed. It's like, still a newlywed a relationship. <laughs> We're coming on yeah. 15 years if we survive until June, so also, it's a
2: newlywed. Like Actually, my husband is one of the guest right? uh, expert writers. He talks about parenting, which you guys probably skimmed over and rightfully so. I have no problem with that. A little bit, <laughs> yeah. but
0: I did notice his last name. So I was actually going to ask, I was like, is this your husband? So it's he's also. <sighs> yes, he is. Right? And actually he was
2: Um, when he's five years <laughs> older than me. So we met in graduate school. He was a lawyer who went back to school to become a psychologist, uh, thinking that he would then go back to law oh, no. and be put in charge of like a mental health division. And I was like 23, 24 right. when we met, so I was like that sounds great. I didn't like think it through and then 2 years after or I'm sorry, 2 days after our first date was um 911, like the 911 and you know within a few years our economy was shit and there was no budget. By the time he graduated there was no budget for this dream position, but um he is a horrible person to argue with because he is a shrink and he used to be a <laughs> like a court he was a public defender so he's like used to trial yeah so he'll tend to like ask me the same question three times and i'm like this is not court go away so (laughs) um but our children yeah our children are very fucked up or very in charge of their feelings my daughter will often when i announce something to her she goes well how does that make you feel and i'm like you're nine it makes me feel like you should not ask me this question
0: (laughs) i love that that's amazing But at least you guys have a lot of, like, um, understanding in what you both do. So I could see that being definitely a a positive in the relationship. Where That is true. But we also, um,
2: we therapy completely differently. Like, to use it as a verb. So um, on paper, if you ask him, we both have the same, like, beliefs and uh, psychological approach. But the truth is, he's a lot more cognitive behavioral, like, goals you know, set goals, achieve them. And I'm a lot more mm-hmm. like, um, I did yeah. so my um I didn't complete it, but I did some postdoc training. And so I had to go through five hundred hours of three times a week or more therapy. And we Yeah, we finished I think it took like two oh, wow. and a half years. We finished right before I gave birth to my son. And so like I am very into like a long term, let's understand the underlying motives and Um, he is more of like a short term, um, clinic, like technically, technically his way is more efficient and validated, but that's because if you're doing, if like, if you're getting funding for a research study, you can't be like, all right, I'm, it might take a year and it might take 12, um, you know, but everyone's different. Like, no, you get six months to prove, you know, or three months or whatever it is to prove, uh, efficacy. So his way is more sciencey, but my way is
0: better. <laughs> Speaking of your husband being one of the expert writers, uh, I, I did notice um, there's kind of a different tone. I would say with each ex like excerpt by each expert. Um, did they? write their own or was it more like an interview style conversation? um i'm just curious to how so there was one that i
2: actually interviewed her because she's a good friend of mine um she discussed hers was on um she's in the fashion business and hers was um her name is beth star and she she gave me this like she had just opened up her her like store like probably six months in and She's like, I don't have time for this. I was like, fine, you work and I'll, I'll write it up. But from other than her, <laughs> I, this allowed me to have my first experience as being editor because I have never been the, on the editing side. Um, I graduated from Georgetown in 99 and before or while there, I, um, I was covering like music releases and stuff. And like, how much can you say about a band it was very bizarre and i like quickly discovered i did not want to be a journalist (laughs) i just wanted to write and so like i ran into my editor i think it was the entertainment editor and he at a party and i was a little bit drunk it was college and i i like got up the courage to ask him if i could have my own column i don't even remember what gave me this you know fortitude but um, he. Uh, was kind of dorky and let me have a column and then I got to write whatever I wanted it was a twice a week newspaper and then the guy who took over his position was also dorky and he upped me to twice a week so I spent yeah I spent two years getting to write whatever I wanted about whatever I wanted and never editing and then when um my senior year came they you get like a senior farewell column and they wouldn't let me have one because I had never been an editor so it I I know but this is like sort of a humorous aside <laughs> um at the time I had just started dating um another guy who wrote for the paper although that's not how we met he was he and his roommate were in charge of like the bar column and their good friend was in charge of the sports column and there was one more guy and I can't remember what he did. And he's now like a kind of famous, um, ish TV producer. He's now involved with a lot of stuff, but, um, but yes, but these other guys were like, oh, cool. someone came up with the idea to steal the templates from the school paper and put out our own fake paper. Um, and so we did. And the whole reason was because these <laughs> fuckers wouldn't give us our own, you know, just cause we hadn't edited. And, um, last, Two weeks ago, I found two yeah weeks ago, probably two months ago, actually, at this point, I found I had made everyone sign the paper, and I framed it and when we moved, uh it was one of the things my husband eventually unpacked, and it 's really cute it 's like a you know a frame thing of um it's called the Hoya that's our that was our school newspaper, and it 's signed by everyone that worked on it, and I posted it. On social media and immediately got several like take that shit down responses because these guys are now have actual lives and like politics and stuff. Um, <laughs> and, uh, when I, you know, I reached out to them to reconnect and one of the guys, and he will be fine with me mentioning this, but he is now the editor in chief of this. Um, it's called Axios. It's a political, um, it's like a political, it's online. There's also an HBO show about it and he's the editor in chief which is funny because um oh, cool. i was like nick did you ever have any editing experience he's like sure somewhere in college i'm like no you didn't like i interviewed him for the po- my podcast i was like no you didn't that's why we stole the templates and he like you know shushed and made to delete that part but um it's funny <laughs> so he became the editor of like this huge like 60 billion dollar company Um, And I ended up sticking myself with editing 24 people and um, I wouldn't have had I ever edited before because I would have known it's a huge pain in the ass. Like it's a lot of give and take. Um, It was fun intellectually, but I can't imagine how anyone actually does this for reals. So
1: (laughs) I remember reviewing like university papers and stuff and just, yeah, just like that kind of thing was like fortress. So I can just oh, imagine that it was, it was, bad, other people's it was work. bad,
2: but it was also interesting. Like one of the, to. um, the, there's a, someone, uh, there's a man in there who uh, he had, um, like a severe bipolar disorder and he used, um, athletic events, triathlons, Ironmans, et cetera, to in part to help him in addition to like 8,000 other things, but in, in, you know, exercise really was invaluable for him and, Getting over his, uh, mental illness. And I am not suggesting by any means that like, just go for a run, you know, but, um, he, he found like a community and all these, you know, uh, a community of physical release and endorphin release in doing these, um, these triathlons and, he's a patient of mine and I've been seeing him for several years. And I really went out on a limb and probably broke some ethical codes asking him, but it's such like an interesting story. And with him, it was a really exciting, an exciting, but like, I, I knew where to push and it was interesting for him as well, because there were things that I remembered that he didn't remember because, um, he did have elect uh, ECT, electro something, uh, electroshock therapy, because it is helpful, oh. but um it also causes memory lo- memory loss, and there were things that he didn't remember telling me several years ago and so that really I led see. to probably the most interesting back and forth and i if if i were if I were the therapist to all my writers they they would all be as amazing as his so you know
0: yeah that was a super interesting one to read actually uh just regarding him actually going through the electroshock therapy and just it kind of threw me for a loop because i didn't realize that yeah i, that I know that was I not so common maybe no no, yeah. no it wasn't that long was i mean a, he, was yeah, younger, was, yeah, he was younger yeah but
2: he's let's say 45 ish now and it was oh. i mean it's 20 years ago but they're still using it although now they're also using ketamine um in like similar manner with similar um positive right. results but negative consequences of memory loss and et cetera. I mean, on the upside, I guess with ketamine, you're high, but, um, you know, it's not actually, you know, like, I guess there's the advantage high as <laughs> opposed to being electroshock,
0: but I do kind of want to know a little bit more just because we're on the subject of like electroshock therapy and usually using ketamine as, as a way to treat certain, um, ailments. Uh, but you guys included a really Thank you. interesting part at the end of the book regarding medication. Was there a reason you, f- you felt it was important to talk about medication and how it might not be right for everyone, but that you also uh, are a believer I mean, that I, it does work I, for some people? So was I there, actually like, believe medication
2: uh, works for it? everyone. That doesn't mean everyone needs it, but it's just about finding the right medication, which is okay. exhausting. Um, yeah. with me, it was anxiety and it was, um, I mean, I was on one med and then I got switched to another because they, they thought it might help with my back pain. And they were all the same. Like, it was all the same shit to me. It didn't make a difference. Um, It didn't help with my back pain. But, like, I I, I can tell that I'm less anxious now. Um, And with my child, we hit the ball out of the park on the first try. And I'm eternally grateful because I've seen too many parents. You know, it just draws it out um so much longer. But also... Um, you know, there's two things. One is I have a, okay, so one is one of my children who was, um, we have known that this child is, um, ADHD pretty much since they were like four or five, like at an absurdly early age. Like we both noticed it. And then we asked the school psychologist and the school psychologist was like, well, I can't say, like, I can't diagnose, but let's just say very smart, very easily distracted, which is like code for yep, you know, ADHD. So, um I had sort of had it in my head. Like one day I walked into this child's bedroom and found that they were sitting there with a shirt on, um underwear, one shoe, one sock, no pants and like working on something and I was like, "What the fuck? Like get ready and go to school." You know, <laughs> like um, and I, I was like, get your goddamn clothes up. But at that point I was like, oh, <laughs> we're going to have to take care of this before high school. And, um, we ended up doing it sooner because, um, it's, it's essentially because there was a change in administration. And whereas we, like we had, uh, an IEP, which is like one form of intervention, we were going to have to switch to a 504 and I didn't know if I wanted to switch to a 504. And this is all just like complicated, um, jargon that most parents don't need to know. Never mind most non-parents. But so I had the therapist who had been seeing this child, like my, my kid asked for therapy. I gave it to them. And I mean, rightfully so both your parents are shrinks. You don't think it's weird. So go for it. Uh, Yeah. Right. So, um, they started therapy and then I ended up having like when it, this topic came when my thought process came up about having an actual eval, the therapist said that she was more than comfortable doing it and she knew um my child well. And um by the way, the funny thing is I'm being like vague, but like if you know my children, it's pretty goddamn clear which child it is. But regardless, so um <laughs> like I'm trying to be all polite, but um but so when the results came back, this child was not only like off the charts ADHD, but also off the charts anxiety and depression. And so, um, there was no hesitation. I started it, uh, you know, immediately with, um, getting everything in place. And then despite my husband's like hemming and hawing, I was like, okay, we're just going to set up an appointment. Like, you know, and then by the time the appointment date came, my husband had come to terms with this. Um, but, uh, in the course of, Like, as part of the evaluation, the parents have to fill out, you know, like their version of the child. And, um, you know, there's like a there's a self-report measure. There's a teacher form. There's a other party form, which in our case was the um, therapist. And then the uh, parents fill out a form, which uh, and when all the you know, like while I was going over this form, I was like, fuck, do I have ADHD? And like. I, right. It's funny because it doesn't make sense. Like I'm, um, so had I been your age, I think that I would have gotten diagnosed, but at this, like I was 10 years too late, too soon, whatever. Like I'm wow. a doctor. I've been through graduate school. Um, you know, I don't fit the bill. And yet I, I did decide to go to a, um, neurologist because, um, I, I really wanted someone that I knew and, you know, trust and I went in and I was like this is gonna sound crazy but is it possible that I have ADHD and the first question he asked was well when you were in school did you procrastinate and I was like nope he goes no I'm like no he goes never I'm like never he's like well that's weird I was like oh no no it's uh like I basically I was like move on to the next question I can't procrastinate because I can only pay attention to things for like a short period of time so I you know I have to start weeks in advance and he like looks at me and I look at him I'm like fuck I am ADHD you know so I started meds like right when my kid did and we both love the meds and um it's it's I think I would be a much bigger shit show with all this stuff going on in my life if I hadn't you know like right now if I hadn't started the meds and um I probably would not have remembered our appointment you know like I there's all these tools that I've adapted to compensate over the years but, um, you know, but I didn't realize it. And the other thing is I have a patient who is yeah. now, she's 20, turning 21 soon. But when I started seeing her, she was at the end of her senior year, she was supposed to go to college, but, um, well, she did go to college, but she was supposed to go away. And at the last minute, she, you know, pulled out and decided she couldn't do it. She had never had a friend. She had never had a boyfriend. She had never had a date. She essentially only had acquaintances in her life spent most of her time with her mom. And um every year when school started, she would spend the first week or two throwing up every morning because she was so anxious. And we started her on meds and like, oh my God, it, it was, I mean, I don't prescribe meds, but like the, you know, someone started her on meds. It, it, it worked the first time. And like, all of a sudden I had this like you know badass tinder queen on my hands you know like and and good like around but dating she had friends like there was um so i've seen it do so much like um and also because right and also because the people that are like anti-meds never have a solid understanding of it you know um which is frustrating you can be anti-meds but don't tell me it's not natural because it's actually more natural than, than the weed you're smoking, because this was meant, I'm not anti-weed, but like, this was meant to be in your body. Whereas, you know, like I had an Israeli father recently tell me that weed was like the flower of God. I was like, Oh, that's an interesting, fine. Okay. Whatever. Um, you know, but no one, no one that is anti-meds has an actual understanding. So I've gotten very, defensive um like a mom was talking to me and she was like well obviously as you know there's a lot of side effects i was like really tell me one you know like you don't like uh you know like well, um we all have preconceived notions and so i felt the need to put that yeah, in i did want to
0: say congratulations i'm on so happy so wonderful <laughs> I greatly enjoyed reading it yeah no like
1: I I honestly like related to a lot of stuff and some other stuff I do already and I don't even think that I'm doing it like decluttering my life but I'm in the same boat as Lindsay is where when she said like I'm going to do like this course and wedding planning and all that stuff and like I want to be my own boss I was like shit now like I'm questioning my course of life yeah, so like, I don't want to be where I am because again, like her, I have an arts degree. Mine's in anthropology, and like, and like I'm like I don't use it at all, and yeah, I just need to. I'm um, like,
2: trying to figure out my life. But what I will say is like regarding the arts degree, um, the reason I I went to like this professor that I idolized, um, he was like he's a great professor and just a shit individual. I now realize because. Um, I was a sophomore. It was like the end of the sophomore year. I had probably taken like 3 <laughs> classes with him, and I went to him to ask him his opinion on It was a dumb question in retrospect. It was on there was a stats class and I cannot math to save my life, but um it fit my schedule and if I decided to major in psych, it you know, it would count towards my major and I was 19 and dumb as a rock and and like went to him like I was essentially looking for some sort of support, you know, and um, someone to believe in me. And like I had rocked his classes. And so I, you know, I went to him asking him if I take this class and I decide not to major, will this count towards my minor? Where if you know anything about college it's the dumbest fucking question. But again, I was just looking for someone to believe in me. And he, like, gives me this look, like, looks me up and down, and I was blonde and big boobs and didn't know I was hot, you know, as we all are when we're 19. And so um, he, like, looks me up and down. He goes, don't major. You'll never do anything with it. And I was like, well, fuck that. And, like, I walked downstairs because this is pen and paper time. And, like, I walked downstairs, went to the registrar, majored Uh in it, majored in psychology, made a connection with another professor, who hooked me up with, you know, a fellowship when I graduated and all this stuff. But like, um, I don't think it matters what degree you have or necessarily what people tell you. I think it's about, um, I ha I have this, so I have this, this young girl, um, like early twenties that I connected with as like via social media and promoting the book launch and, um, suicide awareness groups and stuff. And she has said to me several times, like, I just can't catch a break. And what I tell her is we don't, like, I don't look to catch breaks in my like life. I look to make opportunities and that's a much better, to me, it's much more helpful. So don't fault your arts degree or your crap job. Just decide yeah. how you can get one step closer to, you know, what you want. All right, ladies, have a good night. You as well, Lindsay. Thank
0: you so much. (laughs) Thank you again to Dr. Lindsay Wisner for joining us today on Booze and Books to talk about her new book, 10 Steps to Finding Happy, which comes out today, March 20th, um, by her and Celene Castrovia. You can also find Lindsay on her Instagram at PsychShrinkMom. Or on YouTube at Dr. Lindsay Callan, K A L L E N, Wisner. And be sure to check out her podcast on iTunes, Neurotic Nourishment Podcast. So, Kristen, uh, guys, it's time for currently reading. So, Ooh. what are you currently reading? What
1: am I not currently reading? Let's be, let's be <laughs> honest. Um, let's go with the fact that I'm reading free books off of iBooks.
0: Ooh, so, let's, you know, let's hear them.
1: more So these ones I usually tend to go more towards like more like romancy chiclet ones. Yeah, yeah. So the titles always kind of like make them seem like they're way more <laughs> romancy than you think, but they're not. So the Fair. first one I read was Boston Escape by Melissa Bell. Um, pretty decent. Pretty decent. I was rereading Being Broke by My Love Emma Hart. Because she should just freaking be my, like, spirited writer. Because she fucking knows me. <laughs> Legally Yours by Nicole French. Love at First Sight by Kelly Elliott. Oh. <laughs> I've read through a couple of books. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Her Texas Ex.
0: <laughs> yeah. They're, like, all romance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> by Katherine Cabera. And Jack Cocker by Felina
0: Hopkins. Any faves? Oh, is there more? Sorry. No, that's it. Any faves? Well, we all know that I'm going to pick Emma Hart. But if that's I have to fine. choose
1: outside of Emma Hart... Um, hmm. I'd probably go with Boston Escape. Okay. Because uh, it was about a road trip and like a girl having a mancation and being stuck in the car with a hot man and dealing with that shit.
0: That's fair. So,
1: yeah. If I say I'm reading iBooks... Guarantee it's probably going to be romancy ones, yeah. Because they're the easiest to read when you're on the.
0: Oh, that's fair. That's fair. You don't have to really like think. Yeah, and
1: then you get sucked in and just read them all when you're not working
0: out. I should really do both those things: read more and work out.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I I read too much. I need a. No, it's great. Mind you, I feel like I have too much of a life, so you never know.
0: Also great. No. Okay. I mean
1: yes. (laughs) great my friends
0: are listening oh my god i'm one of them um i know i love you i love you too um i'm not as cool as you so i'm i know i'm terrible i'm still currently reading give me the child by mel mcgrath um it's it's gonna happen guys it's gonna happen for us Uh, but i'm listening to a new audiobook called the other people by cj tudor uh, if you're a fan of the Chalkman, I did post about this on our Insta a little bit ago, but if you're a fan of the Chalkman, which was CJ Tudor's previous book, I don't know if it was a debut novel, um, but really crazy, um, uh, like thriller kind of, um, so this one I was hoping would be very similar so far. It's just about as far as I've gotten anyway, a dad. Uh, just finding out his daughter has been kidnapped, so we're gonna find out more. Yeah, so uh, so that's all I got for you guys right now. Suddenly, months. Anyway, um, if you have any suggestions of things we can read, if you want to send ten books Kristen's way, I'm sure she'll fly past them. Uh, you can always email us at boozeandbooks at gmail dot com. Uh, it is spelled B. O-O-O, so triple O-Z-E-A-N-D-B-O-O-O-K-S at gmail.com. You can also find us on boozeandbooks.podcast on Instagram. And we do have a Facebook page, Booze and Books, as well, guys. So check us out.
1: Yeah, we're slowly getting that shit together because, you know, it took us a couple months to get an Instagram page up and over a year to get a Facebook page We got up. it. We got it. <laughs> But, you know. Send us those Roccos. <laughs> I don't know. You're so weird. Okay, goodbye. Okay.
2: <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>